This is from uh, Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, crossing the Jordan. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are Levites, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark, and do not go, do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the, of the covenant and pass on. And pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the the Ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, The water from the upstreams stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerethan. While the water flowing down to the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Always powerful to hear the word of the Lord read out loud like that. There's something, the word of God just has a power in it to reach us and to teach us. When you were a kid, did you ever maybe do something that your parents told you not to do? No, you guys are too perfect, right? Yeah. Well, maybe you had a a similar experience. You know, when Jay was little, he liked to play with matches. Most little boys do. And so 
He was told, don't play with matches, you're going to get hurt. Don't play with matches, you're going to get hurt. And then one day, he decided that he was going to play with those matches. And so his mother wanted to teach him a lesson. And so what she did was she said, here, take all these matches, just play with them all. And then when he was done, she said, did you learn your lesson? He's like, no. Can I have some more? <laughs> but, but how many of you have had that experience when parents said, don't do that, don't do that, this is what's going to happen. Stop making faces, your face is going to get stuck like that. But then eventually you did that one thing they kept telling you not to do, and then the consequences hit you, and mom and dad said, did you learn your lesson? We never did, did we? Well, we've been in this series called Life Lessons because we're supposed to learn our lesson, sometimes through our own mistakes, but how much better it is to learn a lesson through someone else's mistakes. But sometimes that's kind of hard to do. But in our series on Joshua, there are lots of lessons that we can pull for our faith journey from what the Israelites went through. In our first chapter in Joshua, we looked at God's word to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, he said. We looked at the Lord's promises. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We learned that the Lord's promises are real and trustworthy because he is faithful, not because we are. And then last week, we looked at Rahab, who taught us to believe by faith, no matter what your past mistakes were. Because when we believe by faith, God writes you a new story. He shows you a purpose moving forward. And in our text today, we see that we need to have a heart to follow. But the funny thing about the word follow is that it requires action. To follow, you need to do something. Now, these first two chapters were really preparing the Israelites be strong and courageous for what's ahead. Believe by faith, not by sight, so you're prepared for what's next. Remember, God had promised them this land. It hasn't been an easy journey. It's over 400 years in the making to get there. Ultimately, all they had to do was be willing to trust God. They had to obey what he said, and surely they would inherit the promise of the land. And it makes sense. Sounds easy enough when we say it like that. But in reality, we face difficulties, we face problems, we get discouraged too. And then when discouragement sets in, Sometimes we don't make it to that next step. And what is that next step? I can be strong. I can be strong. I have faith to believe. But do I really want to follow? Do I really want to do that part? In verse 3, these were the words. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, when they move out from their positions, follow them. When you see the Ark, go after it. Follow it. 
When we seek God's will and follow, we will never be led astray. Notice what it says in the next verse. You have never traveled this way before. They will guide you. It's okay if you've never done it this way before. God knows. And that's why we're to follow him, because he knows the way. See, the focus here is not on, the focus is on who are we following? What are we following? The focus is not on the river. It's not on the priests. It's not even on Joshua. The focus is on the Ark of the Covenant, the dwelling place of the Lord among his people. You know, the Ark represents the presence of God. And you know this chapter mentions the Ark of the Covenant nine times. Some translations, it's ten. When you face a problem, when you face a challenge, who are you following? Because there is a competition for your attention. Which is why Joshua tells the people to purify themselves. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves. Separate yourselves from the world in a way that keeps you from the distractions, that keeps you from being swayed to the world's way of thinking. James told us in chapter 4, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. <laughs> Purify your hearts, because your loyalty is divided between God and the world. How can we follow God wholeheartedly when we pay attention and give heed to all the other voices around us? Or we start following someone else. If we aren't careful who we follow, we'll end up lost. Last year, you might remember the news headlines about that Pokemon Go game that came out last summer. It was, it was the greatest thing to hit cell phones. People were out exercising and walking and connecting in ways that they had never done before. But some people were also getting into trouble. There was a report last summer about four teenagers in the UK who had traveled into some underground mine tunnels chasing Pokemon. And it wasn't long before they were hopelessly lost. You can just imagine four teenage boys. No, we got to go this way. No, I know the way. Let's go this way. No, no, I think we got to go this way. Very lost. But suddenly their search for Pokemon turned into a search for a phone signal underground as they were trying to call for help because they couldn't get their way out. Eventually, they were found, and they were rescued. I can just hear their parents saying, Did you learn your lesson? But soon after the incident, the fire rescue team sent out this tweet. We are advising people not to go into the caves, 
unless you know what you're doing. Unless you've got a map or you've got an experienced guide with you. So who is your experienced guide through life? Who is your experienced guide that's leading you through the troubles that you face, through the minefields that present themselves each day? There's only one who knows the way in which you should be traveling. He's your creator. He's your savior. And he is your Lord. This is why Joshua gives the people specific instructions about following the ark. Because God is their experienced guide. He is the one with the power to overcome the problem before them. And in their case, it was a raging river at flood stage. If, you, if I threw up a picture of, of the Jordan River, it wouldn't look so scary. You'd say, oh, what's, what's the problem with that? But the problem is it's spring. And at flood stage, that means the snow in the mountains is melting. And so all that water is rushing down. And it's miles and miles of raging water, like water rapids, not just a meandering stream. But notice that Joshua doesn't try to negotiate with God. Uh, Lord, um, do you think maybe if we wait a few months when the water's a little bit smaller, the water, we, maybe, maybe that would be a better time, maybe? You ever do that with God? You try to rationalize and negotiate? I know I do. But look at, you know, Joshua isn't expected to solve this problem. God doesn't tell Joshua to write a river crossing manual. He doesn't tell Joshua to create a river crossing committee to devise a plan on the best way to get across. He simply says, follow me. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Same words Jesus says to you and me today. Follow me. It seems so simple. Just follow me. But following requires action. It means we actually need to do something. You see, social media has changed our definition of follow. I may follow you on Twitter. I may follow you on Facebook. But what does that mean? That means that I just sit back and watch everything you do. I don't have to actually do anything. I just watch you say and do everything. But that's not following. Following actually requires, requires movement. L- listen to these definitions of follow. To go after in the same direction. To conform to. To act in accordance with. To obey. To imitate or copy. To use as a model example. Hold on to that one next time you follow someone on Facebook or Twitter. To imitate or copy. To use as a model example. So next time you want to like that thing on Facebook and you want to follow it, is that what you want the world to partner you with? The last definition of follow, to move forward along. Move forward along. 
Our words are not enough. Our beliefs are not enough. We must actually do something with them if we want to see the Lord do great wonders among us. Joshua stated with great confidence, the Lord will do. There was no, he might, maybe. No, the Lord will do great wonders among you. Because he knew that the Lord was present. And he knew that the Lord was faithful to his word. We're a people that like to see first and then act. But living by faith and not by sight means that we trust God enough to act first and then see his miraculous work. The command was clear. Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Now we need to pay attention to this scripture Because so often when I've read this event, the famous crossing of the Jordan River, I always had this understanding that as soon as the priest put their little toe into the water, it stopped. But let's read what it says. In verse 13, the priest will carry the ark of the Lord. The Lord of all the earth, as soon as their feet touch the water. Okay, pay attention. The flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. And then, as soon as that feet of the priests were carrying the ark touched the water, the water above that point began backing up at a great distance, a great distance away at a town called Adam. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea. You see, the water was stopped at a town named Adam that was 20 miles away. The water below that point kept flowing So imagine you have the priest, they're stepping in. Nothing happens. Not in that moment. What was happening was back there. They didn't know it yet. So sometimes when you're in a problem, when you're facing an insurmountable challenge, and God says, do this, and you do it, and nothing happens, What do you do? It's okay. He's already done it. It's okay. You just need to stay faithful. You see, this was not the same incident as the parting of the Red Sea. God did something different here. He was setting up a whole new paradigm for the Israelites. The waters were piled up 20 miles away. Sometimes when we face those problems, we don't see God's miracle because we're expecting something different. 
How often do we expect God to act in a certain way? And then we get disappointed and discouraged, thinking, he's not acting at all. He's not doing anything. In reality, he has already done it. It's a test of our faith. Are you following me just for the things I do? Or are you following me because you love me and because you trust me? That's the test of our faith. That's when we decide, who are we following? The Lord reminds us in Isaiah chapter 55, Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. If we're going to have a heart that follows God, then we need to learn to trust God to do things his way, the right way, the best way. The second thing that we learn from our text this morning is that sometimes we don't see what God has already done. They didn't see what God had done when they put their feet in the water. And sometimes we don't see his work right away either. We've been here a year now. And I keep saying, Lord, what's next? And I hear him say, keep following. Keep following. I've already done the work, but I need you to stay faithful. Keep loving in ways that matter. You be faithful to me, and you will see the wonders that I'm about to do. That's exciting. That's so exciting. Because God is always doing something, even when we don't see it right away. But we're called to walk by faith and trust that God is doing what he needs to do. And all of that is preparation for the fulfillment of a promise. We don't need to worry about God doing his part. He will always do his part. The question is, who are we going to follow? We have a God of the already. So whatever problem you're facing today, God already has it solved. He's already been at work putting the pieces together to solve your problem. Remember, God... God doesn't, God's not restricted by time the way we are. You know, we can see a parade, and we only see what's right in front of us. We can't see the beginning. We can't see the end of the parade. But you know what? God sees the whole thing. Same with your life. Our view of our life is right here in this moment and back. We don't see tomorrow. We don't see next week. We don't see next year. But he does. And he's in control. He's already done something. He's already on the move. He's already answering your prayers. In a great distance away in a city of Adam, unseen by our eyes, The miracles have already begun. 
and they will be revealed in his time. We need to remain strong and courageous in order to experience his divine power in our lives. We must have the faith to believe, to embrace his promises, and to trust and obey. We must have a heart to follow our Lord. He's our guide. But we must follow him to experience his divine presence. If he's walking ahead and we're still back here, he's no longer with us. Who are we following? We must keep our eyes fixed on him. Whether it's in our individual lives or in the life of the church body, God is always preparing us for our next step already answering our prayers, already winning the victory. And with all that in mind, we have no reason to not follow him. We should have every confidence just like Joshua did, knowing that when we follow, he will do great wonders among you. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. We thank you for the examples in scripture that present your power to us, that present your love and compassion for us, Father. We pray that we learn lessons from these stories and we put them to practice in our lives as we leave this place, Father. May we hold tight to the message that you delivered today. May we be strong and courageous. May we have faith to believe. And may we have a heart to follow. And help us, Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on you. You are our guide. You are our creator. Nobody knows the way like you do. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.